Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to CORE. This is CORE episode uh, three. Uh, sorry, 239. It is October 7th, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm here with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're going to do a show about video games. Uh, usually there's like a, a truckload of news just waiting outside the uh, CORE Central here for us to pick apart and go, all right, look at all this news. Not this week. Everybody went kind of quiet. It was weird. We had all the big stuff happen in the last couple of weeks, and then everything slowed down. Well, we got a couple of things, and we're going to talk about them, and it'll be great. So stick around and listen. All right. As if there weren't enough of these being pushed, uh, whether it be Stadia, xCloud, uh, I guess PlayStation Now counts. Uh, what else? Who else has one? Uh, uh, oh, I mean, Microsoft technically has one. They Microsoft theirs. has one with xCloud, uh, right? NVIDIA has one that... I know someone who uses and loves. Yeah, your friend <laughs> loves that thing. Uh, what's it called? I keep forgetting. Mike, yeah, now. We, Mike uses GeForce Now. GeForce um, Now, that's it. Yeah. To play Divinity because he has a, a MacBook from, I want to say 15 years ago. Jeez. It, it, it ran Diablo 3 at 15 frames. That's that's kind of an accomplishment in and of itself. So Especially the fact that, old, that he, yeah. can, he can run. And GeForce is like, oh, warning, this computer's total shit. You shouldn't play the a stream on this. And he's like, whatever. And he goes and does it anyway, and it's fine. And it works. I'm sure it's not a perfect experience, but it's enough for him. So that uh, that uh Those last forever. Um, And that's good and bad, because eventually they're just not going to run anything current or modern. Yeah. And uh, the fact that there's a way to do it now is is 
pretty cool in his case, but everybody wants in on that, on that game. And it seems like a lot of people are jumping in. Microsoft's probably the most prominent, uh, given their back end and all of that, but Stadia is no slouch. Although I still say Stadia's sales model is the worst thing ever. And I don't know why anyone buys it. I know some people like it, but I, why are you, why would you pay a service fee every month and buy the games? That would be like buying. That would be like paying for have it rent on Steam. Like that, a Steam account is ten bucks a month. It's you know <laughs> here's what it's like. It's like paying fifteen bucks a month to Netflix and then having to buy the movies every time I want to watch one. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. What are we doing? What are we even doing? They're, so you know, they really messed up their model. Like the fact that anyone thought that that was going to go down well, like. Really it's weird insane to me. Really it's weird the me. Amazon model, but all the free stuff that you get with Amazon doesn't exist. It's yeah. just the please subscribe to our service and then buy our movies. And then buy our movies. Yeah, that would have been really bad. So uh, speaking of Amazon, we are now have a new entry into the streaming games as a service uh, competition. And that is Amazon. They're calling it Luna. L-U-N-A. And it's Good a name. It's a, it's fine. It's okay. Amazon Luna. I don't know. It sounds like a something you put in your house next to your Echo. That does. Yeah, like. maybe it's not that great. Uh, <laughs> it, like it's a good name for a product. Maybe not a video game. Hey, let's go play some Luna, guys. All right, at Google's house. I'll yeah. bring my Luna over to your house. Like you know, like you take a any lunatic. Sentence. I'm a lunatic. Oh, We're into no. this. <laughs> yeah, no. lunatic. Oh shit, John with the pun on time oh, as shit. always. That's I just want to ruin thing. things immediately for people. Uh, that's no good. Okay, terrible name. We've that's our verdict. One nice thing though, it plays over browsers immediately, mm-hmm. and does so on Android and iOS without anything special needed. So all this rigmarole that Microsoft's going through right now, trying to get approved for the iOS App Store and trying to come to some sort of agreement that fits Apple's, you know, relatively closed garden terms of service on services like this and making that happen. In the meantime, Amazon's product is going to just run in Safari or Chrome, which are the, you know, those are two browsers you can run no problem on a, on an iPhone and on Android, it'll just run on there. So, uh, that surprised me. I need to see that though. Like see that in action. I've seen good browser streaming for games when Stadia ran their thing, their, their test a year before with like, uh, Odyssey, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And that worked great. That was like highest speed frame rate, 60 frames per second, looked beautiful. And it all ran just through Chrome, but that was on a desktop. I need to see how that works on a phone to make a, uh, a call there, but they're going to do that right out of the, out of the gate. So here are your options. You've got uh, Luna and Luna Plus. Everybody's got the plus. Okay. Um, They mentioned this at the September event. This is all part of the other reveals that they did. Uh, It says here, Luna's ability to run via web app on iPhone and iPad sets the service apart from other competitors. We talked about that. Uh, Service, or sorry, customers can request early access beginning Thursday. So that was last Thursday. Luna will offer gaming channels, which offer libraries of games. Only Luna Plus, which costs six bucks a month, is available at launch. But others, including one from Ubisoft, will be added later. Ubisoft's gaming channel will give players Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Far Cry 6, the Immortals Phoenix, or yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising, as well as launch day access to those games. Amazon has not said how much other gaming channels will cost if they can be purchased without Luna Plus. Uh, we don't know. We don't know if any. None of that stuff was was put forward. Uh, here's the library. They say it will grow, but this is what they've got to launch. Control, good game. That's a good get. That's a good one. 
Uh, now these, so you get these with the subscription though. You don't have to buy these. Correct. You do not buy these games. You play them for six dollars a month, and if you don't, if you're not paying your six bucks a month, you don't play them. It's okay. it's mini game pass. It, well, it's basically what uh, uh, who does? I mean, every, this is what everyone else is doing, except for for uh, Stadia. For whatever reason, they decided to go the other way. Well, they had to spend all that money on their really good marketing. Uh, mm-hmm promos where they just show you a bunch of nonsense and before you can go what's this they just yell stadia at you really loud <laughs> yeah you're not wrong um i think this sounds like a pretty decent deal ukulele and the impossible lair i have that game it's pretty great actually they gave it they gave that away for free on epic one week that's how i got it um that's so this is the world we live in uh sonic mania also pretty good resident evil eight so no seven sorry not eight. Nobody's getting eight yet. Uh, Panzer Dragoon. <laughs> I hope it's the old Saturn game. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> it's the old Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, just give us the old we original. We got it, everybody. You asked for it. We got it. Yeah. Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, right well, welcome to some really bad frame rates and some hideous polygon work. Panzer Dragoon, finally here. Uh, a Play Tales, uh, colon, Innocence. Don't know what that is. No idea what that is. The Surge 2. It's like a... Uh, Souls-like, but in space. Okay, so that's cool. Iconoclast, which is kind of a cool indie game that I played a little bit of. Grid, which uh, the racing game, not the old name of NVIDIA's now service. It used to be called NVIDIA Jeez. Grid. I know. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Anyway, Abzu, yeah. which is like that uh, uh, weird underwater, underwater thing. Yeah, it was like yeah. some of the people that, that brought you... Uh, what's the so- the one that was on PlayStation that was huge and you can get on PC now? What's wrong with me? Journey. Journey. Oh, okay. It's the Journey people. Was it's it a, by the Journey people? It is. I thought it was just like Journey. No, it's by, it's those those people. By that, I mean it's either them or people who were there and left. It's one of those deals. Okay. I'll have to look it up to be sure. I played all the, that all the way through with my daughter one night. It was only about two and a half hours. That's a very cool game. I yeah. liked it. If it's just part of your service, there's no reason not to play that. And then Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, uh, the game that just seems to be on everything and is starting to look like a game that came out 10 and a half years ago. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Brothers. Select titles, they say, will be available in 4K, 60 frames per second. Subscribers can have up to two simultaneous streams happening if they have the bandwidth for it. They have a controller they're going to sell. And that thing looks like a, a, uh, a Nintendo uh, Pro Controller. 100% looks like one of those. Uh, take a look at that, and then I'll show you mine. Hold on, where is it? Ah, crap. It's somewhere that I can't reach. But that thing, if you've seen a Pro Controller for the Switch, that that thing is straight up one of those, including the button layout, mind you. They went with the Nintendo button layout. Look at that. Interesting. A and B. Right? Do I have that right? No, I have it backwards. Wait, no. Nintendo's B and A. You're right. Um, I take it back. That's Xbox layout. Uh, but the actual controller itself looks like uh, like straight up like a freaking pro controller, which is fine. Anyway, um, one would assume that this will parlay into something else as well that would tie more into Twitch since Amazon owns Twitch. And found out today, by the way, by some uh, some industry numbers that Amazon is, has 91.5% of the streaming industry. That's a lot. Mm. A lot. Like that's that's basically everything. So between um, 
caffeine, uh, YouTube, and there was one other person on this list that we saw. All of them share less than 10% of the streaming market. Twitch has the rest. So if you're wondering why YouTube gaming went away as a brand. Oh, it was Facebook gaming. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> Facebook. But if you, if you were wondering why that stuff went away, I, I think we know now. And also Microsoft's, uh, what was it? My brain's not working today. What was it called? Meteor. Microsoft uh, Megatron. I just read an article about how most of those streamers have now gone to Twitch. Mixer. Uh, Mixer. Yes, Mixer. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Mixer. So anyway, that they didn't say anything about that, but I have a feeling that, you know, that they'll leverage that in some way. So I guess the question is, for six bucks a month, does this drive you at all? I mean, they've got the back end. They have some of the biggest cloud server infrastructure in the world. Um, they're right up there with Microsoft, so why not? I mean, it's cool. I, I don't. My casual no is just because I have a PC that can play these games, and I've got enough subscriptions right now as it is, and more free games coming in than I'm able to play in a given week. So I I don't know. Maybe if there was something exclusive to it or something that I really wanted, maybe I would be inclined to subscribe for a month while I played the game if I really needed to play it. But I think for people, you know, that maybe want to play some games, don't have a high end machine. I think it's a cool option. I think, I think it's neat that we're getting to a place where this is possible. Price is right. Right. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, although whether your internet company is gonna be kind to you on that front. Oh, right. Data caps still apply. That's the other thing with all of this. This is one thing I hope it comes out of this. Like, as as interesting as I think the streaming stuff is in its potential for all the other potentials of it, what makes me the most interested interested in it is to see if enough uptick or enough buy-in to it forces ISPs to rethink this data cap garbage, which has always been garbage, and get them to stop doing that. And unfortunately, that probably means they'll raise their prices so they can offset the cost of what they used to get when people had paid overages, right? Yeah. So it, that, that'll be interesting just to see what this does to that. Because the same thing happened with phones. You used to have to pay per text for your texts. Or per character, was it? What was it? Yeah. Or something I don't like know that. if I I don't know if it was ever per character. I don't remember that. But remember it was exactly. definitely, you know, you paid for text messages and... Right. Yeah. I mean, we've slowly, as we brushed up against these things, they've had to relent and go, okay, well, you can get unlimited this and you can get unlimited that. I mean, we, we remember the days where it was all the phone companies were like, Hey, it's 10 cents a minute long distance. And then someone else was like, yeah, five cents (laughs) a minute long distance. And then someone came out and was like, Oh yeah. One penny. Yeah. Per minute long distance. What now? You can't go lower than a penny. Yep. Yeah. So and then, uh, and then it just went away. Always do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like I don't like that we do this, but I understand that it happens. That's where we're at with data caps. We're get we'll get there. I pay personally I pay a little more every month for the business account so they don't have to worry about data caps. So for me, this makes sense, except I, I don't know, man. Like, is it a more compelling thing than Game Pass Ultimate right now? Probably not. But Amazon certainly has a lot of money. They've got a lot of infrastructure. They could probably make something happen. This is <clears throat> it's probably really smart because 
uh, Microsoft isn't too big of an ask. So if you're, you know, there was a time when I felt like I could only have a Netflix subscription. And even now, if I have a subscription to one service, I cancel one and move to the other. I don't do the simultaneous. And I find them, a lot of people are. They think that's weird when I, when I say things like that. Like, they understand it, but most of them have their HBO, uh, their Netflix, their CBS, like, whatever they want to watch. They've, you know, a la carte. And it's fine. They subscribe to a lot of channels. I imagine the same thing will happen in gaming. So any thought like, well, Microsoft is the service, so I'll just sub to Microsoft. Like, I think the landscape looks like, no, there's room for everyone because it's so cheap. So Amazon doing this, if they're just going to be the Coke to their Pepsi is like super smart move. Yeah, I feel like uh, the Netflix comparison is a good one, not just because it is kind of Netflix for gaming, but I think Microsoft wants to establish themselves as that brand that people think of when it comes to all you can eat gaming. Mm -hmm. And then the other stuff, there's room for them. But they have to compete more on price. They have to come in with something unique, like I can only get this thing there. And in the same way that, well, I can only get this cool HBO show on HBO Max, so I got to watch Max right now. But I still kind of, Netflix still either stays there or I come back to it, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. I think that's, that's the actual strategy here. Um, yeah, because it seems like Ubisoft's going to be their exclusive arm. Yeah, that's like if they're signed with the Ubisoft, that means if you want to stream your Ubisoft games, you're not going to Microsoft, you're going to Luna. Well, I guess it depends, right? Because they also have their own subscription, which is really expensive for what you get. That thing's 15 bucks on its own for Uplay Plus. It's the it's the gold rush right now. Everyone's going to try and have a streaming service as soon as someone proves that it's successful. It'll be Microsoft. That's the pioneer. But everyone's going to come out with it and only. And for a few years, whoever's on top will be the ones everyone else flocks to. Like how EA is going back to Steam because Origin, no bueno, boys. <laughs> like <laughs> that's this exactly the cycle we're looking at. Everyone's like, "Sweet, there is money here. Great, let's do it." And then they're going to do a whole bunch of it. Everyone's going to jump in, and only the, the 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 good stuff will remain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of how I, I'm looking at all the streaming stuff right now. That the pioneers won't be the ones to get the credit in the end. It'll be whoever has the biggest market penetration and gets people to sign up yeah a lot of, like sometimes Microsoft. first is best but most of the time not necessarily what was the service called almost 10 years ago that you could do that was bought out by somebody and it was a big deal at the time and i cannot not remember the damn thing but it was the first of this kind of thing ever oh and, the first streaming deal yeah and it was had a or name. was it a different technology sorry no it was the same technology well i mean obviously the technology is advanced says gamefly was that's it gamefly no not gamefly um, i but, think i know what you're talking about it had a lot of like genesis games and stuff like that on it right um it might have on live that's it that's oh, the one OnLive. yeah i don't remember talking remember that? about that i mean i, I think we're 10 years on with on live or close to it i, I better look because i don't actually know that doesn't even um, exist on google yeah, it's no longer, uh, and no one talks about it or cares about it. So to me, it's a little bit like companies like OnLive, and there've been others in between. They are they're kind of the Diamond Rio of MP3 players. It's like <laughs> blowing everybody's mind at first, right? Whoa, do you see here? You can just load your songs onto this thing. It'll hold fifty songs. No way, man! And like all this freak out in the in the uh, early aughts, and then somebody with big money and big plans comes forward in that case, Apple and comes up with the iPod and that just destroyed, oh. destroyed well, hey, those guys. So here's where, where they are. Sorry. Just sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. I think go it's, ahead. Per, it's relevant. Um, on live was acquired by Sony 
and they've been rolled into PlayStation Now. That's oh, how. they're part of Now Now? Mm. Yeah, because I go to the OnLive yeah. site, and it's like, there's like errors in the like already <laughs> like illegal string offset output key. It's like half a site. It's all defunct looking and crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I remember that being a thing in the past. So interesting. They're, they're, they exist as a Sony uh, entity now. So. Yeah, it says here, Sony acquired the important parts of OnLive due to the sale. One of the important parts. That's weird. I know. That's an odd way to say it. But yeah. I guess not the website. That yeah. didn't it was over. it was all their Microsoft technology. They're like, you're switching to Sony computers. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Then it says online services were discontinued of as of April thirtieth, twenty fifteen. Um so five years ago they discontinued it officially, and that became uh PlayStation Now or part of PlayStation Now. But what I'm trying to find is when that thing was here we go, founded. Oh, yeah, this it was founded in 03. Jeez. And then uh when did they launch the pro that can't be that old. Hold on. I can't find it. Uh yeah, there's no timeline here. Anyway, oh the desktop service. Here we go. Okay, online desktop launched uh 2012, so January 2012. That's quite a while ago now. And uh I guess what I'm saying is like they're just gonna be they're gonna be thought of as boy remember those guys what a cool innovation but then somebody bigger came in and said well we'll just do it and now they're doing it and that's gonna be Microsoft and then everybody else and their dog is gonna do it I don't know if you guys have checked this lately but I remember when streaming meant Netflix and then a little bit of Hulu and then uh, uh, the Amazon Prime got into the mix but you kind of had a handful and you were like well HBO now has an app and you're starting to see it finger out a little bit. But for the most part, it was like this little stable of companies that were streaming anything. And just today, I went to just justwatch.com and you can filter oh, yeah. by the streaming services. Good Lord. It's just a nonstop list of a billion services you could be subscribing to or using for free, depending on what their model is. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, you can find almost any movie, but... Sometimes you're just like, that's not a streaming service. Yeah. It's like, hi, you can watch this movie on Brown Cow. It's like, what is, <laughs> I've never heard of this. And they're like, hi, welcome to Brown Cow. We got three movies on here and one of them is the one you're looking for. You know, yeah. sign it's, up. It's crazy. Uh, I was just looking here. Let's see. I'm just going to look at this real fast. If I go to popular, I mean, that's just nuts. It goes from Netflix, Prime Video, Disney Plus, Fubo, uh, Apple TV Plus, Apple TV Regular, Hulu, Hulu, Hulu Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, Peacock Premium, Amazon Prime, again, Google Plus, Play, YouTube, YouTube TV, YouTube Red. Uh, and then it just goes on. CBS, Fandango Now, IMDb TV, Cubo, Voodoo, Voodoo Free. <laughs> Like, it's just a ton. It kind of blows my mind. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. We will see what happens with Luna coming soon. Um, also, just brief notes here. Steve from Minecraft. You know, he's the character from Minecraft. Named Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in Super Smash Brothers now. So... I'm sure there's a lot of Minecraft fans really excited about that. And a lot of Nintendo fans probably not super excited about that. Yeah, I don't know how they feel. How do they, how do they feel? So if you're a hardcore Nintendo person and you love all things Smash Brothers, when a when an outside IP enters the ring, how do you feel? Like when Solid Snake showed up or 
I mean, are um, they like heroes players? You know, like who revolted at the notion of anyone that's not from the Blizzard pantheon and heroes? I think there I might think be there may be a little better because I think having things like well, they they tested the water right because one of the first ones they ever did was Sonic. Yeah. Which is something I think people wanted because it's like, oh, we can make Sonic and Mario fight. The dream is real. The time is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they kind of tested the water with that and they got people on board. And I think they probably did the smart thing by kind of letting, you know, picking the the right ones here and there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how, how people feel when Minecraft Steve uh, comes in. I saw the video for it. It looks like there's some cool stuff to it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's. I like Smash Brothers. I would play that game whether he was in there or not. It's yeah. not gonna, it's not gonna move the needle for me. But yeah. I, I know Smash Brothers players have a strong opinion of who should be in that game. They shouldn't so. though. They really shouldn't because they've got that um, exercise person in there. You know the blank vanilla <laughs> grave fit trainer. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like they don't care. Like, it, <laughs> like if you haven't picked up on the notion that they don't care about like the quality of the characters in their game, then you've ignored the fact that this ugly character is part of the game. Like, do you think, I guess people are really attached to it. It's stupid as hell. Like, you think there's somebody someplace that really likes that chick, the, the, the no face. I want to meet those people like right in. (laughs) I'll I'll be respectful, but like, man, you can't, that can't be your favorite, right? Like Mario and everything else has got every other character is way cooler than the vanilla gray character from the exercise game. I'll tell you when I would truly revolt, and I'm not even really playing that game. But if I did and I cared, it's when they if they started adding influencers. Like here's PewDiePie. Oh jeez. Oh yeah. wait, is PewDiePie in Smash? No, I'm saying if they oh, did, I would God. shit a brick. By the way, I just it. want to clarify because I may not have enunciated properly. I'm saying gray with an R. I can see maybe that getting misconstrued if I said gray wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure that's clear. Gray with an R. Oh, gay. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. The gray <laughs> character. The gray character. I am totally on board with diversity in the game. Otherwise, of I suppose I should be accepting of our gray citizens as well. Um, oh, so dude, Steve. Slap my hand here. Minecraft Steve is gay, and you know it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> The point is, uh, okay. <laughs> I still say, I still say that if like that's fine with me when it's video game crossover stuff, I'm okay with it. It's not like I have to choose that character, and if they're not crazy OP, fine. Just don't bring in, you know, Markiplier versus freaking. Uh, I can't think of anybody else. Ninja, like I don't want any of that. Just don't do that. Don't give me me's based on like. They're not even doing this, coming. and I'm mad. That about game's got to be coming, right? Doctor Disrespect versus Shroud in your own home. Oh, dude, that sounds bad. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't. Yeah, but like, they're the most viewed channels on Twitch. Why would you not make that game? I'm someone's working on that right now. You think so? Someone's yeah. making an influencer fighting game. You think? I mean, with all their millions, Ninja and PewDiePie and Doc, uh, whatever Doctor Mustache are on like a Zoom call, and they're like. So what should we do with all this money? Why don't we make a game and put ourselves in it? Yeah, sweet. We're the best. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's done. PewDiePie's already I mean, got us. The, PewDiePie's already got a series of guys games. do that? Don't they have like three games with their own characters? Uh, on well, PewDiePie does. He's got like, I don't know, four or five yeah. that are branded. I don't think PewDiePie will ever be on board. He's too much of a chaos agent to work well with other people. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan or watch, but I get the impression, you know, from the videos with swastikas in them that he's kind of on his own, <laughs> on his own deal. Yeah. <laughs> kind of on his own. 
Are you, you mean Nintendo may not want to work directly with him in that regard? You're saying weird. Like a, yeah, just a thought. Okay, we don't know. <laughs> but, but even sure. other streamers might not want. Pe- like I, I, I can see Shroud and, and all them, you know, deciding to make the game, and like probably they'd love to have him in there, but probably he'd cause a lot of trouble because that's kind of what his shtick is. All right, I I'm, think Nintendo's protection of their themselves would keep them from ever deciding to invest behind a person who uh, yeah. could tarnish oh, that image never with future action. Yeah. I think Nintendo is more likely to sue all those people for playing their games before putting them in one. I don't, this is not happening under Nintendo's watch. Yeah, they don't care do they, about that stuff. They just don't want you no. playing their games at all unless you're buying them and just playing them by yourself, not on some stream where everybody watches it. Because in, in their heads, that equals, well, they'll never buy our game because they just watch somebody else beat it and play it. It's yeah. a weird thing. And to it's think. IP theft. Like you're, you're creating a broadcast with their content and earning money from it. And they're not yeah. seeing it. They don't like that. They don't. They don't have that. Oh, we're seeing money because we're they're, it's being made popular by this. But yeah, I wonder if Japan and and the U.S. Nintendo contingent like split on that point. I bet they do because I it could be wrong, but it feels a little bit cultural in the decision to be so hardcore against that stuff and so litigious against it. And it seems like over here anyway, we have figured out that that stuff generates way more revenue by showing it off than it does hiding it. But maybe it doesn't because it's Nintendo and you don't need to show it off to make it big. I don't know. It's complicated. Let's it's complicated. ask Doug Bowser. Doug, Doug Bowser, name. if you're listening, yeah. you're the new guy. Tell us what you think there, pal. He's going to be the new guy forever. Yeah. He'll forever be the new guy until someone <laughs> else there for years over. probably now. You you're think the they new call guy. Him- you think they call them like the bows at work? Like they oh, have man. like a sweet nickname, you know, I'm finger just, gun. I think they call hey, them the bows. I probably call them probably call them Doug. That's my thinking. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, you Doug. don't have the last name Bowser at Nintendo, and they call you Doug. Boss. How about just Boss? Okay. And everything you do with them has to be law of threes based. So it's like he says, <laughs> "Hey, um, someone tell my assistant to go get me." Three cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I, I mean? I turned in three reports today. Yeah. Everything's in threes. <laughs> got to bonk him on the head three times. You got to get three haircuts in a row before it takes. Got to knock on the door three times. Mm-hmm. You, you have call to call him times. three times. Yeah. To get him to yeah. answer. Yeah. And each time he goes, burr. <laughs> he looks down. <laughs> Wait, do that sound one more time. What was that again? Burr. That's after he realizes, oh man, Mario got me again. Time to change up my my fight here and do a different thing. Now my tail will whip him. He finally answers the phone. He goes, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah. and maybe a significant other has to nag him three times before he'll finally pay attention. Yeah, Mrs. Bowser. Yeah, Peach, we call her. Uh, you know that old, you know that theory that uh, the Koopa twins or kids or whatever they're all they're all the offspring of uh the illicit relationship of bowser and daisy or uh, sorry bowser and, and uh peach <laughs> i was like whoa daisy's involved in this yeah, daisy peach. i suddenly threw daisy under the same bus but no i you know like this this weird there's a weird little thread going on out there i saw it on reddit where they had all these theories about yeah these kids the reason they're smaller than browser bowser is because the genetic side of Daisy kicked in and made them a little smaller. Peach. Daisy's. I mean, Peach. Gosh, dang it. I keep saying that. Oh, oh. And then Bowser's been left uh, to take care of all of the kids because he has a giant kingdom and lots of money. And that's part of it. I want to be free. Leave me alone. And then there's this whole like, you know, rigmarole of, oh, she has to be saved again. But does she? Because isn't she, is she a willing participant? Is she, 
And then you get then it gets weird. It's like, well, is, is mm-hmm. all this under duress? Like, yeah, well, it wasn't weird till now. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, she fathered uh, Bowser Jr. and possibly the Koopa Kids, who I it's think a, they've now said aren't related to him. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's a weird kidnapping, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, when I play like bad dudes and they steal the president's daughter, I know it's because these are the enemies of the United States, and that's why I have to go after call up the bad dudes and fight all the bad dudes and get the president's daughter back i think that's the plot of bad dude bad dudes is great i'm glad Um, you brought that up i get i get why the kidnapping occurred narratively it makes sense in mario land i'm like why did he steal her Mm. like yeah see don't think too hard about it or you're gonna you're gonna go down a hole i'm telling you yeah and i think yeah it's it's just and then she keeps getting caught, so they keep not learning their lessons, and mm-hmm. they're poorly she guarded. She keeps getting caught place. because he's the leader of the Koopa Kingdom, and she's the princess of the Toad Kingdom, so their love is forbidden. Yeah. Clearly. Oh. So he has to stage kidnapping so that they can be together. Mario, oh, he's really just... This a, rabbit hole is deep. See, it is yeah. deep. I told you. Yeah. So really, they love each other, but they publicly can't show this. So they get an unwitting Patsy (laughs) to go and rescue her every time, Mario or Luigi. Yeah, because they're not too smart, and but they're really effective at, I guess, rescuing. (laughs) 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 And uh, oh, okay, this all makes sense to me now. I'm glad we had this talk. They all have limited vocabularies that mostly is woohoo and Mario, and that's it. You're the hero of the land, buddy. Go save the princess, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does Mario really strike you as a hero? And look, it's not like Mario and Peach are in anything. Like last time he gets, he like, he usually gets a cake for rescuing her. Yeah. He doesn't even show a proclivity for liking cake all that much. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. (laughs) We've really unlocked this. We've broken it apart. And the world will never and be. And this the same. is why the Nintendo doesn't want it streamed because if the, the truth will come out, <laughs> yeah. I got it. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> they want us to think this is. Where's just, that sound? Where's that sound? They want just. They want us to think this is fan fiction, but we know. We know. The truth is out there. Yeah. Uh, we don't also, have to look far. Yeah, that's true. Out. Sony also did a breakdown of the PlayStation Five, and it has the heat sink. It has a heat sink big enough to be your assault weapon. That thing is gnarly. Yeah. Uh, there's clearly a reason for the size on both these new consoles, and it looks like it's all about the heat and distribution of the heat and making them quiet and and cool. So that's a good thing. There's a reason PCs are big old towers, and they know that now too. So these are There's also PCs. a fun little bit of trolling that Microsoft did, um, a callback to an old E3, although they've deleted the tweet since then. Mm. But... Uh, so during the breakdown, Sony showed how to switch the PS5 from vertical to horizontal, yeah. and it requires unscrewing the base, moving it, screwing it back in, putting the little key that unscrews it in the base. There's a little spot for it. And Microsoft tweeted out a picture, and they said, how to make a uh, Xbox Series X go from vertical to horizontal. And in one picture, it was vertical, and then in the other picture, it was horizontal. Yeah, you literally go... <laughs> that was it. I thought good. it was funny. I think it made a lot of people angry, and they deleted. The tweet, I don't so. think people should be mad at that. That's fun. That's just a fun, dumb. And it's acknowledging that old joke that Sony did at them at that E3, yes. where they botched it so bad, and they made an entire video of 
how to uh, share video games on the PlayStation 4. And it was one guy handing another guy a game and then going, that's it. Yeah, like, that's the same yeah. thing. That's exactly the same thing. And everyone thought it was funny then. And it was. This is funny, too. It's fine, you guys. It's fine. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, RTX 3070s. If you're hoping to get your hands on the less expensive of the new family of cards from NVIDIA. Too bad. They got delayed. Uh, 3080s and 3090s are going to be really hard to find. They already are. And they had to delay the 3070s as a result. I keep hearing from some people in some corners that the big problem here is that, uh, and the reason bots and other stuff were like out in force trying to uh, snipe these when they first went on sale, uh, is because they are really good Bitcoin miners. And video cards are already known for being good Bitcoin mining uh, GPUs, but these apparently are really good at what people are doing these days with Bitcoin. So we may have that problem again, and that means higher prices, limited availability. Yep. Um, even that OEM one that I'm supposed to be getting got delayed. So don't don't get rid of your 1080 through 2080s yet, everybody. Hold on to them for dear life because it's jacked up right now. Damn. Uh, finally, and this is. I'm a little surprised none of us bit the bullet on this just because we're all really, I mean, I know that all three of us are like peak excited about this game, but we're also a little hesitant because it's 60 bucks uh, in Canada, closer to 70 or 80 uh, Canadian dollars for Baldur's Gate three and it's early access. It's not so much the price. It's just that it's not finished and they're probably a year away from being done as according to the devs. So I was, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this game and everybody I've talked to who's played it so far. They're like, yeah, there's a few bugs and it's early access, but what they've got here is really promising, really amazing. I'm so glad I grabbed it, but I have just not pulled the trigger because that's a chunk of money and it's nowhere near being done. And I'm usually, usually there's some kind of like slight discount or something. If you go early access with a game, they're not doing that with this. Um, so yeah, I've been holding off. It, the only whole reason I'm holding off is that that's not because of this other argument that this is basically Divinity uh, Original Sin two, but set in the D and D universe and Baldur's Gate universe. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I would argue, and I know we've got some similar and conflicting opinions in the group here, so I'll quickly say this and then pass it around. But I would argue that even though the rules are going to be different, D and D rules versus What's the name of the company? Larian or whatever they are. Larian. Yeah. Larian. Their rules for how they they run their RPGs. Those are going to differ. But the way way that Divinity sticks to the turn-based systems that I like about a game like this and not trying to to wedge in a real-time thing like the old Baldur's Gate games did, even though there were dice rolls happening, they weren't happening, you know, by you or whatever. They were just sort of happening in the background and you could pause and take control when you wanted to and that sort of thing. And that's great that you can do all those things. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but what I really love about divinity too is, is the actual moment to moment turn-based fighting. I love it. And I want that in D and D with my D and D rules applied. And I think that's what they're doing here. And so I'm all for that. Like, I don't have a problem with any of that. And some people do. They're like, this isn't like Baldur's Gate. This is just a reskin of the previous game. Yeah, there's kind of two complaints. And I think there's a, a level of merit to, to both of them, probably. But 
Um, at the same time, I mean, it's not like they they hid it from us. Um, the first criticism is that it is D and D, but it's not fully the rules as written and you know te- a lot of technically is i mean we saw that in the preview event somebody did um the uh man why can't i even think of it they did mage hand and they shoved a, an enemy with it mm. and if you go by rules is written the mage hand isn't going to be able to interact with somebody that way mm. that sort of thing doesn't really bother me it's like sure use your interpretation like go for it i do get why people who are like you know, maybe wanting to see an accurate video game portrayal of the rules are going to be more sticklers for it. But I'm certainly not going to complain that I get to let my mage hand go out and give somebody a shove. I think that's a a neat thing. And I think that's fine. Um, The other argument being that, hey, you called this game Baldur's Gate 3. It should be more like Baldur's Gate. And it's not. It's more like Divinity, which is a completely different game. Um, I made the comparison in our Slack when we talked about this that this would be like if Firaxis got tapped to make StarCraft 3 and then they made StarCraft a turn-based game because that's the kind of game that they make. And that's kind of how I feel. You know, you you don't go to Larian to have them make a non-turn-based role-playing game in the... A Bioware know, game, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You would you would go to Bioware or you would go to Obsidian or, you know, one of these studios that has that pedigree, you go to Larian to get them to make a game that's like that game. Right. And so that also doesn't bug me, but I do understand that if they're going to put a three next to the game, I get why someone might go in expecting something more in the spirit of what came before. But, uh, I think either way I'm in the same camp as Scott. I was, I'm very excited, but, spending full price now a year out to basically play the introduction um, and have more content come later. I think I'd just rather wait till it was either closer to finished or actually completely done. Yeah. It's that kind of game, right? It's not like we're going to talk about Hades a little bit today because Hades might be the greatest game of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. And Hades is a good example of a game that was launched pretty feature complete for the most part. But it was all about let's tune the crap out of this thing for the next year. And we'll add stuff, of course, and all that. But we're not we're not giving you the first act and then leaving you hanging after the first act or any of that sort of stuff. I like those kinds of early access games because I'm getting the core experience immediately. And I just know that there's going to, you know, anything past that is tweaks and improvements. This feels like a very unfinished early access in that it's just this first act or this introduction and character creation. And that's cool. And a bunch of the systems and stuff. I mean, that's all cool, but 60 to, to get that now and have to wait a year until it's feature complete. It's just not the kind of game I want to do early like that. I want to play this thing when it's a finished thriving product. And partly the reason I think it will launch better ultimately is because it's in early access because they get early Mm -hmm. feedback because things that will be massive breakages can happen over time and they can fix them over time so that on launch day that thing in theory should just be a great video game ready to play so i'm down with the whole process i just don't know if i want to be that guy right now playing it uh no. so we'll see we'll see yeah, for my part i'm definitely gonna play it i just um i'm playing another game right now 
<laughs> we're going to talk about it makes me go like eh, that can, other game can wait Baldur's Gate eh, it's fine it can wait it'll be right, there yeah, it can wait right now you have other things on your mind which we may as well get to we're playing video games okay first the shocking story of the year of the summer of the fall what, what, what oh yeah about? you teased this in slack and didn't pay it off you made us wait for the show I did I meant to tell you guys more and I didn't so now I tell you a fan free rangers in the community decided that there was enough talk about me saying, oh, I don't know if Nier Automata is for me. When it came out, I was kind of interested. But now there's this, you know, $20 on sale, Ultimate Edition on PC. I don't know. Man. I just like waffled back and forth whether this is going to be good. And I had people from all sides of JRPG gaming saying to me, oh, Scott, you're going to hate it. And here's why. It's way too uh, anime for for your taste. Uh you know, story-wise, you're just going to roll your eyes. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like that was going to be the problem. Other people said, you're not going to like the way it plays because the kind of open worlds, open world games you're used to, uh, this game doesn't do a lot of that modern stuff. It sticks to an older style. And then I've had even other people say, well, this is going to be a lot like what you might look forward to in the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is coming to PC as well. So I took all that feedback. One of them in particular was Patrick Beja, one of my co-hosts on The Instance, who was certain I was going to hate this. And he also hates it, by the way, hates it. And he's a big anime fan, but he hates this game. He thinks it's stupid and sucks and doesn't like it. Yet it's a very popular game. A lot of people claim as one of their favorite games of all time. It reviewed extremely well, uh, both critically and with fans, like a lot of conflicting info. So Free Rangers, nice guy, been in the community forever, tosses me a copy of the game. Very kind of him to do that. Didn't need to do it, but I, I was really grateful. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Now, I know it's on Game Pass, but only on the Xbox side. I don't have an Xbox. I will soon, hopefully, next generation Xbox. But this current gen, Xbox One didn't do it for me. I don't have it, so I can't play it on Game Pass. It's not on PC Game Pass is my point. So I got it on Steam. That's where he gifted it. And I was, I, he knew this going into it too. I was going to go into this with as clear head as possible. If it sucked, I'm happy to say it sucks. If it's great, happy to say it's great, or whatever my experience is, just complete honesty about it, despite the fact that it was gifted to me. But for full disclosure, it was gifted to me. So I played, I don't know, I sat down to like try just early stuff and I ended up sitting there for four hours. Wow. And played a lot. And I wow. can't believe I'm saying this because there are things about it that would drive me crazy in any other scenario. I think I really like Near Automata. I think that game wow. is pretty rad and it's got certain things working for it. it's funny john one of the things john said to me you warned me that um it's kind of an ugly game and it will take some getting used to just to get past that and focus on the things that the game is good at and while i understand your point of view or why you were saying it was ugly i actually find it to be really imagination inspiring um it's not the, the most design elements are really good. Yeah, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Because when you said things like, oh, they're gigantic robots that you'll have to take down, you know, kind of almost like Shadow of the Colossus level immenseness and that sort of stuff. That is definitely in here. And those those moments are rad. Um, being able to, uh, you know, fight in that way. And it also, this is the other thing I like about it is it changes sometimes perspectives. You'll be going through a, I guess you could call it a dungeon, but a, a space where there are a bunch of enemies you got to work through to get to the next objective. 
And and sometimes you're in third person Final Fantasy VII remake style where you're just kind of hacking, slashing away and doing your abilities and everything. And then suddenly the camera will switch when you enter the other room. And now it's a top down dual stick shooter. And I'm having a kill. Yeah, it's really weird. But it works weirdly. I don't even know how it works. It just does. You have this robot companion that's always shooting for you or will if you if you use him. So he does all your range stuff. Otherwise, you're all melee. And so combat gets really interesting in that regard. And then sometimes it's a side scrolling, almost like a like a, a commandos kind of. Or not commandos, oh, what am I thinking? I didn't realize this was like uh that they you think Contra? Contra is what I meant, not commandos. <laughs> I think there's one called commandos too, though. It didn't yeah. seem off to me. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. I think there is a command. I think that's a top-down arcade game. But but anyway, oh, this okay. thing does like a side version of sort of that kind of combat where you're just worried about the 2D plane and shooting and hacking and slashing. But most of the game is in this third person open world walk around kind of Zelda style. And the fact that it's set in this like desolate, it's the year is like 55,000 AD or something ridiculous like that. There's lots of, uh, uh, uh. I mean, it's full of anime stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Lots of shocked faces and going, oh, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, you know, that dumb stuff that's all in there. Mm-hmm. So things that I normally don't like very much when they lean into that sort of stuff, the acting and whatever, that's all there. And sure, some part of my eyes will roll a little, but for the most part, I'm having a great time in there. Like I'm really having fun in it. I've gotten lost a couple of times because some of their systems are a little weird on how to get anywhere. Um, The most beefy complaint I have is this has problems that games 15 years ago had, which was invisible walls and you not knowing where they are. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to say, because I'm even seeing the chat say it's got great graphics and stuff. And I was like, I feel like I need to clarify my I don't like the way it looks. I think it's ugly. And I think more of what I meant is it looks like a PS2 and feels like a PS2 era game for that reason. Exactly. I remember places where you see like it's all a little blurry. I don't love how fuzzy the game looks at times. It doesn't look very sharp, Mm. I guess. But things like you'll see like the framework of a building and there's a diagonal beam that you can clearly run underneath, but you just stop. Yeah, you can't. It's like, well, why can't I go through this? Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I'll go around, and then all of a sudden, you just bump into a wall, and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> what am be, I playing? There'll be a space where, like, I've been in, a like, a courtyard of old public buildings that are all decrepit and falling apart, and it's supposed to be a puzzle for me to find out how to get out of there. I don't have a problem with that, except that some of the fallen architecture has created ways out of there that won't let me go through them. So like there's a space big enough for me to walk through and and get through there, but it's just an invisible wall that I just kind of run against and can't do anything. And so I have to find the real one. The problem is you never know what the real one is until you find it. And so you spend a lot of time bumping into invisible walls. And this happens a lot like in pathing when there, um, there's this, John, I don't know if you got there, but there's a, a bunch of robots that are kind of rebellious and they live in a tree community um, outside of the main town or outside of the main city. And they're all like good robots. They're eschewing their past and, and it's super anime shit. But anyway, whatever. These robots are out there hanging out. And there's a couple of ways into their village and a couple of ways out of their village. But in both cases, you look like you're surrounded by lush greenery and trees and forests and stuff that just looks open and like I can go anywhere in between any of these trees. Nope. You go down that path and that's it. There's just this narrow path with an invisible wall on both sides. And and that's just how it is. Now, once you accept that, 
that old way of making a video game. Yeah. Um, and, and realize that this is, you know, it is a JRPG at its heart. And a lot of those games at their very inception are about narrow path. Go from here to there. Don't expect, you know, I can't do freaking Nathan Drake in this place. I have to just go where, you know, and, 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 and destru- there's no destructible environments. So it's not like I can, there's no puzzles there to go. Oh, if I knock that building down then I can go through, it doesn't work that way. So once you accept that, now I'm good. I feel like I'm playing an old Zelda game kind of in a weird way. Um, structurally, just like doing the quests, going to what I have to do, unlocking a thing, fighting a boss, having a cool cutscene, going back and, and getting rewards for what I did. There's, there's a really good loop to it in that regard. And I unlocked fast travel so I can jump around between these. Ven- this is so weird, though. The way you jump around is you unlock these vending machines out in the world that are being attacked by robots and you wipe the robots out and now you activate those vending machines. That's a place where you can save. And within a certain radius of those vending machines, you can save also. Uh, game does not auto save. You got to save whenever you can. And um, they eventually you unlock it so that those can become teleporters to other vending machines around the world that you've unlocked. So it's just fast travel. But they're vending machines. The thing literally opens up like it's got potato chips on the outside of it. And then you sit inside of it and shlunk and it shuts. And now you're in the network of freaking robot transportation vending machines. It's just some really weird concepts. Sounds cool. It's actually freaking rad. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I think think it's it's this post-apocalyptic thing. It's not necessarily my full aesthetic. Like, these, these androids are dumb looking. They wear, like, I don't know. They're just... They're, I would make different looking androids and it's got all the tropes and the trappings of, of the stuff that normally just drive me up a wall. But there's something well, you, about the combination. I really like, I had to turn the music down though. Cause the music drives me up, a, up Schitt's Creek and back. Yeah, <laughs> have you gotten to see some of the older clunky looking robots? Uh, those are the ones I think you'll like It's not so much the androids, but the ones where they're, they look more like robots. Oh, like rusty old. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, I'm, and I've fought a couple of bosses that were just like these rank, rank old rusty clunker things. I fought the big giant mega ones. They called them Goliath class ones. There's the there's this whole sequence where they where two of them had landed and were wiping the city out, trying to find out these where these rebels are. And the rebels are androids who have rebelled against all of this. And by the way, all this time there's like a thousand humans left at all in humanity, and they're up on the moon waiting for us to do our job. <laughs> Yep. It's a weird thing. I mean, it's very weird across the board and I'm not very far in the larger scheme of things. And I know there's like 20 endings of this game or something. So I don't know which ending I'm going to get, but I do think I'm going to keep it, keep going. I really like it. It's just a rad. I don't know. It's got, it's got enough really unique, interesting things and it's making my imagination go places. And that's what I like any video game to do for me. That breaks a little when there's like an invisible wall for no reason. Like there's a stage. Did you fight the stage boss that's like a, it's like in a theater and it's like this weird robot came out with like almost like a dress and shot at you and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I think I did. I don't remember the exact name or any of that, but it was in this space where I should be able to easily jump up on that stage after and just sort of explore around. There's nothing up there that matters. It's just... Instead, there's a there's just an invisible wall, and I hate that feeling of like that breaks immersion immediately for me. If it didn't have that, I mean, this game would be off the charts for me. Good, and so based on that, some people have said, "Well, Scott, then Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be for you because mm-hmm. it doesn't suffer from as much of these 
there's no invisible walls right that i can tell yeah right they like do you're... a much better job of if the area is there you can explore it it's it might still be the same corridor that would have been there for near but they they make it in such a way that you know whether or not you can go there yeah and that has me kind of more excited about that than i was previous to this i don't know what the date is for that but i'm now i'm actually looking forward to that now so so what do you know? Scott likes a Banime ridden weirdo fest. It's actually pretty cool that game. And it's um, got cool systems too. Like the way yeah. you mod your character and mm-hmm. and it's like putting in I don't know mod chips into a computer. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I it's like really it. cool. Also earning money is great once you figure out how you're supposed to earn money cuz all you got to do is find a few necklaces and suddenly you're a freaking millionaire. <laughs> um, so you can afford all these other weapons and then the weapons themselves are Just cool. Like in real life. It's, it's all very cloud with giant swords that there's no way you'd fit that on your back kind of swords. Um, but they also t- kind of teleport weird and you have these, I don't know, the uh, traversals fun cause you can run really fast and you can put mod chips in and make you run even faster. So the, them leaning into those systems are really cool. The map is pretty neat. It's just a cool package. Like I, I'm not any expert on the large catalog that is the uh, Square Enix history of games or just Square in general. But this is what this is probably the most fun I've had with a Square Enix game from Japan that I can think of. I mean, I can't think of anything else I like. I like this. I like this more than that Dragon Age game I just played uh, two years ago, whatever it was. I like it better than those Nino Kuni. Oh, those that wasn't them, though. Um, any, you know, more, more than any old final fantasy game, but that has been a long time. So, you know, don't, don't judge me on that. But anyway, it actually got me thinking, uh, final fantasy 15 was down to like 15 bucks. I almost grabbed mm. it because I thought, yeah. well, there's another one. And is that a good one? I, I so. I it looks it interesting. Good. That's the one trip. where the boys are on a road trip, right? Yeah. Just yeah. me and the boys. Me and the boys got a car. <laughs> Slain behemoths. Yeah. So anyway, hanging out in the car. So there's my long protracted story about how near Automata got into my heart and set up set up camp. Well, that was an unexpected result. It was very I, much I unexpected. Gone, I thought you'd be like, eh, I don't know, hundred percent with you. I was like, I don't know. That's why I wasn't pulling the trigger. And it's just neat. <laughs> I just like it. So I'll play more of that and let people know what I think. I also played Hades. I'm not going to talk a ton about it because you guys are way ahead of me and I want to hear your takes more than mine. So I just wanted to give you one quick other note about a game I got a code for called Forgone. It's on Epic only currently. And they gave me a code there. So that's where I got it. Um, the sequel to Fortnite? <laughs> Fort Gone. Well, it's, it's... In a world without Fortnite. Here's what's weird about it. Because when you look at the videos, you'll go, oh, someone made Dead Cells with a lady. Like that's immediately oh. what I, what it looks like now. It's almost to the point of like, wow, you guys really lifted the look and the feel and sort of the, the motion and the, and the whatever of that game. So what I thought I was going to get here was a either equal to, or not as good, or maybe better roguelike. That's just like dead cells. I didn't know. I just got the code and thought, well, let's try this thing out. Fired it up. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it does play a lot like that game. However, it's not the same game at all. There's no roguelike elements here. Um, it is a good old fashioned, well, I don't know about old fashioned, but if it's like a Metroidvania style game and Mm -hmm. the loot is Diablo like loot. So, Oh, guy, one time running through guy drops a purple sword. Oh, sweet. I'll have that for a while. And Oh, I got a brand new helmet and that came from the, you know, like it literally is like 
action RPG loot systems. And then the actual gameplay and the, and the progression is more of a straight ahead kind of game. It's a, you know, it's not meant to. Yeah. It's not meant to be replayed over and over right. again. You die, get more powerful. Yeah. It right. looks, I'm just watching the trailer. It actually looks really sweet. Yeah. Like, it looks nice. Right. Animation looks so fluid and interesting monsters and bosses. This looks pretty good. I would actually argue that, uh, the, the animation style and the kind of fluidity of it rivals and maybe beats dead cells in terms of look and how it moves. Yeah. But it is very it's, obvious. It's really playing. good. Like a lot of, there's a lot of detail in the background art too, like yeah. bookshelves and like wires. Like, no, yeah, this, yeah, it's nice. It's on steam. Uh, only right on now on Fortnite. Epic only, Epic only, I believe uh, okay. it's coming to steam though. But the whole, okay. the, the, the whole thing with it was, I was sure I was getting a dead cells ripoff. And what I got instead was something a little bit different. Now I've only played about an hour, so I can't really speak to the, how things go later, but so far it's pretty great and I like it. Looks so, great. I just wanted to also uh, mention because Dead Cells does have a dude, um, but there are skins that give you a female figure. Oh, in uh, Dead Cells? Available in the game. Yeah, I don't know why I felt important to mention, but I just thought, man, eh, you can be a dude that. or a girl in that game. But I, you have I to didn't know there were skin the, uh, options at all. I didn't oh, know that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah there's skin options now. Um, I can't remember how you get them. They're like tough to get. I think they drop off bosses. But oh. Um, yeah. Oh, no. They, yeah, they drop off bosses. And when you achieve certain things, and then you got to unlock them uh, with the cells. Yeah. Uh, but they're in there. There's like, you know, that room in the beginning with all the upgrades hanging. And as you get the upgrades, it fills up up top. Yeah. So there's a whole second room that's the same as that, but just outfits, I guess. Oh, interesting. I've only got like 10 of them. There's like a hundred or 200. It's kind of insane. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Did that come later then? That was an update? Must be like, cause it wasn't there when I played in early access, just post launch. It was okay. there and I was like, okay. I missed so, that. Yeah. Um, Dead Cells is really good by the way. Yeah. Dead Cells is an amazing game. Um, I would say if you're looking for another Dead Cells, you won't find it here. But you will find something that's maybe that fits, you know, gets that aesthetic, but is a different kind of game. It's just a different game. I'm, I'm going to wish list this. This looks really cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. Um, I'll keep playing with it. So now let's talk about Hades because we can't not talk about uh, Hades. Father, uh, let's talk about hate you. <laughs> uh, Mate. You guys played a ton. And John actually, well, I guess you both probably have done this, but you've gotten through it like multiple runs like through the whole thing, right? Or do I have that wrong? Yeah, I'm up to like 30-ish runs at this point. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, I don't know how many runs I have. I've beaten the game four times now. Okay. Maybe it's only three. I don't know. I think I think it might be four. Um, what makes it so replayable in your mind? Because it seems like once you've... Because it sounds like it has a like a complete story finish. Uh, so hang on. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Either of you go. I, I don't know who to call on. Whoever so, wants to go first. Bo, you go first. Let's just start with So that. I talked a, about it last week. Let's get Bo's take because right. he had a journey into this thing yeah. this week. So, great. Yeah, um, I think, too, I wanted to check my hours played because like, I only started playing on Saturday. And, yeah, I'm up to 33 hours and we're Wednesday. Jeez. Um, so uh, this game is a perfect storm of a lot of things I like. The first one is... I like Heroes of the Storm. This game is Heroes of the Storm with a controller, which we've talked about on this show early on. What would a game that's a MOBA be like with a controller? Well, Hades is the answer for you. Probably you move a little too fast around for it to make it into a competitive game, but it's essentially the gist. You have your auto attacks on X. You have to aim your auto attack. Uh, you got special moves. you got different variations. It's fun. The next thing it has is it has a talent system. 
So as you progress through the game, you get talents. You get a choice of three talents. They're randomized. They're associated with certain gods. Certain talents don't appear unless you take prerequisite talents. There is a talent system, and it's great. You don't have to memorize numbers. like Just like Heroes, you don't need a stat sheet for that game. I don't need a stat sheet to play Heroes. I just pick the talents and make the build. There are a ton of talents, and they're all amazing. So each... I, you can focus on trying to do a perfect run with a build you like, which I'm trying to do with the fists. Um, or you can just go random and see what happens. Crazy modifications happen to the weapons. I, I've never done, I've only done the same build twice once out of 30 runs. So there's always something interesting and fascinating to do. The game is also not unforgiving. Like in Dead Cells, there are certain things you unlock by not getting hit and killing 40 items, which is really hard and stressful to never get hit. Mm-hmm. This game doesn't put me in those positions, so I'm just having fun beating up bad guys. Yeah. However, the challenge does increase. Uh, secondly, the game is so gloriously over-detailed in every aspect that it is an abs- you, it's, you are absolutely getting spoiled. There are new lines of dialogue every run. I'm on run 30, and there's still the entire run. I'll have never seen any of the dialogue on run 30 from my previous other runs. There's new interactions every time. Hmm. There are a plethora of systems throughout the game that upgrade your abilities, your character, your weapons. There's there's literally... And I haven't even really unlocked the last one until I finished the game, and I'm still confused about it. Like, I'm still unlocking new systems in spite of finishing the game and so there's story progression in continuing to play the game there's a desire to try new builds try new weapons try to beat the game with different things there are unlocks that i'm looking forward to trying out to sound exciting and all of this is like my exact grievance with things like reputation grinds which is like here's a bar fill it up do some shit it's like they know in this game that they're they that's bad and I know that there's progression stuff in there, but everything I'm asked to do is fun. And I don't feel like I'm just trying to grind out a number repeatedly yet by playing. Mm. And with all these, and, and finally, I feel like as I play, I'm getting better. So each run, I'm, my, my hand-eye coordination is improving. My strategies for certain monsters are improving. The battles like Doom Eternal in that all the monsters have patterns, even the bosses. And as you learn them, you get better. And I feel a sense of skill and reward getting better at doing runs, getting hit less, doing more damage, understanding systems that I am. It's an intellectual exercise as much as it's thumb candy, that it's just the perfect storm of all of these things. The absolute, even the art it's, it's an original world. It's a weird take on Greek gods. that makes no sense. And yet makes perfect sense. The dialogue is hammy as shit and awkward and weird. And normally it'd be bad, except they're leaning into this aesthetic so well and make it a part of the world so well that I love all of it. The soundtrack is beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's 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 very little bad I can say about this game. Maybe I wish there was some more levels and some more enemy types, but hey, those are good problems to have. Um, and I think there was one other thing that I felt was problematic, but um, very small in comparison to all the things it does super well. All I want to do when I'm not playing the game is play this game. It's taken over my life. It's amazing. Oh, it's man. game of the year. How? Like I think arguably almost better. Dude, if Doom Eternal came out this year, I'm not sure which one is in first place for me. I this did. game has done so much to spoil me of what a $20 game has yeah. involved in it that I'm like, I think Hades is the game of the year so far. Like, screw Baldur's Gate, screw Doom Eternal. Uh, I'm not even looking to Cyberpunk anymore. Like, this is the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
I mean, this he sounds does, yeah. this sounds He's like not uh, wrong because as you see on my list, Scott, I have a Star Wars game on my list. Yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge X-wing fan, a huge Tie Fighter fan. Yeah, and I played through the tutorial and went, okay, it's good. But what if I played some more Hades? Instead? Exactly, exactly. Like, it is cr- crack cocaine of video games. It's the best thing. All right, it's it's phenomenal and it's been it's been really fun watching Bo play through it because i joined his stream right when he was first getting into it and he was just like what is going on with these characters because as he accurately points out uh this is an asmr simulator oh yeah everybody (laughs) everybody in that game everyone's like yeah zacharias yep i need you to do this for me yeah, I'm like, going to rip you this time really hard. But even Hades is always just going, oh, yes, you have to get again, I walk into the thing. Yeah, Boy, it's, it is totally You there. come into my realm and tell me what to do. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. very close and very menacing, and I like everything. Yeah. When they recorded on. the Voy VO for this, everyone was like, the rule is an inch away from the mic, please. Like, <laughs> it's, no yelling, just soft, nice. Like, I swear, like, I thought at one point the first boss, Megara, or it's Meg, Megara, Megara. Um, yeah. She, I felt like she was literally having sex with my ears. Like wow. The, it was, it's just like, I'm going to beat you again. I hope you're ready this time. Yeah. Why do we have to keep doing this? Yeah. My whip will teach you to submit to me. And, and I'm like, just like, Ugh, uh, what are you, <laughs> I'm trying to beat you. Why don't make me feel this way while I'm trying to strategize how to kick your ass. You know, it's like, it's. It was. It's an experience, man. I've yeah. never felt that in a game. Well, let me ask you this: sure. Is this has this? Well, here, I, let me play this because that's where that's where we are right now. <laughs> quick bozone on this bozone layer. How does is has this been problematic? Has has this game entered your your mind as such a great game this year, such an addicting property that now? You know, it's either made you lose ground on the stuff you're working on, or do you feel like this is going to be a oh, problem? Oh, yeah, I've done nothing but play video games. Like, <laughs> what, what, what's ADHD? Who cares about that shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's seriously where I'm at. <laughs> oh, no. That's not yeah, good, yeah. right? It's I mean, bad. Like, at some it's bad. point. And literally, that was like Crofton just messaged me. He said, Bo, do not play Hades. This game you will love everything about this. And I'm like, can't be that good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> what a challenge. Yeah. I think John said the same thing too. I got like number of messages warning me to stay away from well, Hades. We <laughs> saw what you did with dead cells. And, and to me, like Hades is the dead cells formula kind of, I mean, it's not the exact same game, but it's similar enough where you're doing runs and you want to feel good about it, but it just, it just rewards you at every step of the way. Like everything about that game, like you said, feels good. I, mm. I even the rooms where you're like, oh, that's not really what I wanted. I didn't want to get gems in this room. Like even the gems, though, you're like, yeah, but I could, I could make that place look a little the, nicer the, if I had a couple even, gems. Even the dashing is perfect. Like you have a dash button, you get mm-hmm. two dashes eventually. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's like unnerfed genji like back when genji was like flitting around all over the play i'm just like totally unnerfed genji. I, because it's not a pvp game they're yeah. just like sweet here you go dash bro yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like yeah and like i'm getting especially the different weapons do things differently so john and i were talking like the fists are the worst weapon they're the hardest to get working 
that's a bow that's a bow weapon right there yeah. and now i'm really good with them because i've been practicing there's a timing i can suck them in with my w and the upgrade and then i can punch them and i duck duck in duck out duck in duck out armor's off chain stun boom and i'm like getting good and i know how to play with the the weapon now and i'm, I'm absolutely crap with the spear i know it's s tier john but well if I'm, hold I'm on training with guess the fists. what guess what i what? I tend to go wherever you're getting the bonus. Like if it's glowing purple, that's the weapon I take. Cause I'm like, I want the bonus shadow and all of that, especially mm-hmm. because I run a build where I don't get healing per room. I get healing every time I pick up the shadow essences. So if I do the thing that gives me extra shadow essence, then I heal more from room to room. So I always go with the weapon. That's that's that. So right before this show today, I unlocked the magnetized fist that you use I was nice. like, that sounds pretty good, it's and I don't know upgrade. if I can bring myself to do another fist run. So I've beaten the game with the spear, and I've beaten the game with the fists, because I I'm told Bo, I was like, it's ironic. I beat the game after I said, ah, oh, the fists suck, and then I beat the game with it. So I did another fist run with the magnetized fists, and I beat the game at a higher difficulty. With the fists? Nice! That's Just right. before the show, I turned on the... Uh, there's the thing that unlocks at the end of the game where you can do modifiers to make the game more challenging. Bounties, they call and, it. And yeah. uh, I did the bounty that modifies all the boss fights. And I beat the game with it. And I set a record time for beating the game with it, with that fist weapon. Because the, the W actually stops the game. Like, it has a cool thing. It doesn't tell you about it. You have to experiment it with it. But when you do the uppercut, all the monsters stop except the one you're pulling in. So you have time to make dodge decisions. Like you might just uppercut someone, go like, oh, incoming and just dodge out. And it's like, yeah, it's so great. Mm. It was good. I might have to take back my thoughts on the fist. That that thing went really, really well. That run was. Yeah, that run. No, was you heard good. it here first. I still John, like the spear. John likes right. fist fisting is what he's saying. So that's what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah, it's when you pull them in with the fist. Oh, I think default fisting little bland for me. But if you got golden fisting, I'm into it. Okay, goldenfisting.com soon to be the best new website ever made. But okay. I don't so you asked a question at the beginning and I don't want to give too deep of spoilers, but I will say this. The one of the cool things about this game is it is a a roguelike type experience where you're doing runs over and over again with a story. Right. And so you said, well, once you've seen it, you know, are you compelled to go back? And I will just say there is a narrative reason for it and it is compelling enough to keep you going. That's cool. Okay. I I, I will say this. They know there's a secret in video games of so many, so few games actually get right. They know the secret and it's this. When I'm done or I die, okay, I fall into my little blood pile and die. The game knows exactly what to do next to get me going again. And that is, mm-hmm. have me walk out of the pool, make a quippy comment. Oh, three people have uh, uh, freaking wow things over their head for me to go talk to. Can't wait to see what he sees, says next. Oh, it's an upgrade. What? I can go in that room now. What? Well, I'm going to do another run. Like, it doesn't let you, doesn't give you a chance to say I'm out. <laughs> like, that's kind of, maybe that's bad. I don't know. But the game is very good at saying, oh, you're just ready to go again. The thing I compare it to is like, it's not quite the same because it's more of an in the moment thing, but but Super Meat Boy does this, but in a moment to moment way. It's like I died. That's okay because it's reset immediately over here, and I do it again, and I do it again, and I do it again. And there's no like load time. I don't have to wait for something. There's no 
you know, like they, they, that kind of, that kind of thinking really can compel a player to keep going because they are giving you every excuse to keep going. And I think Hades gives you every damn excuse to keep playing. And mm-hmm. part of me has been nervous about really diving in hard because I don't, I don't know when I'll come up. It's, so, it's really solid. And the way you can modify the, the game, like that's the thing is I, like I said, I pick the weapon that gives the bonus. And sometimes that means picking weapons I don't like, because I definitely have ones I like and don't like. And I do not like the rail gun. I don't have the attention span for the rail gun because it starts clicking. If you hold down the attack button, it will keep clicking and not firing anything until you let go and it automatically reloads or until you're not out of bullets and you manually reload it. And I'm just bad at paying attention and all that chaos. And I'm just sitting there going at all the enemies and taking damage and stuff and not doing anything. Yeah, I'm bad with that gun. I hate it. I had to do a run oh. with it. And Wait, you're, you're talking about the gun, right? With the clip, right? Yeah. I did a run with it and I was like, I hate this gun so much. I hate it so much. And then I got to the little hammer icon that changes the weapon. And instead of a big lobby uh, grenade for my special, I got a thing that just fired a rocket at my enemies. And I was like, well, this gun's now the coolest thing that's ever been in the game. I love this. I got that too. And then I got the upgrade that allows you to shoot five specials. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I had five rockets, and I was just shotgun blasting everything point blank with five rockets in the face. It does a ton of damage. Like, <laughs> it's that game. Like, you're just like, man, can this game get any better? And it's like, here's an awesome talent. And you're, yeah. you're like, I'm shooting rockets everywhere. <laughs> it's great. I also it's like, fun. I like how it just changes up your expectations per weapon. And I don't even have them all unlocked yet, but this feeling of like, all right, this spear is pretty great, but I can't use the shield like this spear. I've got to remember that it behaves differently and there's something about that aspect of the game it's not like they're super difficult to get into or anything but it changes it up enough where you're not you're not just reskinning the ability you're actually it's a whole new way of playing yeah, it's and, like a, it's like having MOBA characters. Yeah. Like it's a weapon, but a MOBA right. characters they're all the same except for their hitbox size right. and their auto attack damage, and then their it's their QWER that make them different, and they're mm-hmm. you know they have a different skin, but. Like, it just feels that way. Like, I'm picking my MOBA character before I start. Fist guy, spear guy, gun guy, sword guy, shield guy, or bow and arrow guy, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that's what makes me... I'm just like, oh, man, I feel like I've played it all, but I haven't played it yet as bow and arrow. Let me do that one. That'd be fun. What's that like? You know? And, well, so, and then there's four, or, you know, four total, but there's three different variants under each one of those that aren't as wildly different as maybe you would like, but... I mean, there's some that I haven't tried. Like, there's one bow one that I haven't I haven't given a go yet, but it sounds interesting, which is when you fire your special, which by default with the bow is that spread of arrows, mm-hmm. it will, it says, it will fire those heat-seeking into the last target you hit with a regular bow shot. So it sounds like the way you do that is you just go in, you hit them with one shot, then you fire that, and you do a bunch of heat-seeking arrows to them, and that sounds super cool because I don't know if you've seen the kind of damage those bows do if you hit them with all those shots. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. This sounds not bad. So this sounds like a pretty good thing. You're basically marking a target. So I, you know what, Bo? Your comparison to specifically Heroes of the Storm, but just sort of the MOBA idea, 
there's maybe something to that. I, no one else. They can make this. a MOBA. They they can make a, a ten person controller MOBA with the system they've got. They got to rein mm. in some of the crazy bouncing around, but yeah, they basically got a MOBA engine. I think uh, the, the fr- uh, groundwork for one if they wanted to do that. That's really interesting because that's the first I've heard that. But I think you're right about it. Um, are you playing with a controller or a keyboard? Controller, okay. keyboard shit. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm a mouse and keyboard guy. Let me go. And I was like, I was trying to like click on guys and auto attack them like no they didn't make this game this way it's well earlier you were saying something about a w only. button and i went wait w button that sounds keyboardy but you mean like a you meant oh, what, what? whatever the equivalent on the on the controller is right oh when we're talking about i'm just saying moba characters oh. are just all the same like blank vanilla guys they just Got have it. different qwe's and passive like you know from a groundwork you're like you have a dude the auto attacks is it ranged or melee and what's the hitbox size those are pretty much the variables for a, a you know the the base canvas for a MOBA character, and then you add the abilities in, then someone paints the model. But uh, yeah, it's basically it's that. Fair to say, thumbs up from everybody, even at our different levels of play. Uh, Bo's probably played the most. John clearly the second most, and I. Have. I checked. I have thirty two hours in that game. Oh my god! Oh, I beat so you by an hour. Not, yes, I'm not far off. I'm, uh, I, I'm very very close. I was yeah. tempted to get it on switch because uh that just sounds like a thing i could you know play every night in bed (laughs) yeah but uh and i've Mm -hmm. also heard it's a very good version but then also i remembered that when i played on pc i'm pretty rough with my controller because this game's very intense and i don't want to create weird problems with my switch so uh, well they've done they've done such a good job since the uh since the early access days because i remember when i first played it that mid boss of the two bombing skeletons, mm-hmm. I didn't get past it. I no. did eight runs and died eight runs in a row to those things. So when you said that, like they spent a lot of time on tuning spot on. Cause yeah, yeah I didn't even get past the mid boss when that game first hit uh, early access. And now, mm-hmm. now I think back and I'm like, wait a minute, why did I die to those guys? <laughs> those guys <laughs> are your absolute pushovers. And I will, I will add too, it's, very few games have done this for me. I've had more white knuckling moments than I've had in a single game than I've ever had with this one. And like points where I'm like, I'm fighting a boss and even on stream, I'm like, GG guys, I have five health left. I'm not going to beat art. What's that guy in the minotaur. Um, I can't remember his name. Do you fight the two Theseus in the minotaur? I'm like, GG guys. I have like almost full health. I have five health and I white knuckle it and beat them like the whole time on five health. And the feeling of just like, I did it like I dodged all their crap I beat them it took me like 10 minutes it was hard but we got through like that just that white knuckle feeling you know like mm-hmm. I haven't had that in a long time except in MOBA has been like a single player game where I'm just like yeah. I have to I can't give up must not die do not get it <laughs> I can do it oh, yes you know yeah. like just that whole like that that white knuckle feeling like it happens often in this game, and I'm always like, it's a great feeling to come out on the other side victorious. Yeah. So, uh, it's neat. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, if you're playing it, not playing it, you can get it anywhere right now. It's on every platform and available uh, to play. So, yeah, seriously. It's one of the look. best video games I've ever played in my life. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Uh, including the ASMR voices. Like we've yeah. made fun of them, but I think the voice acting in that game is actually very good. It is very good. It's just a different, it's just such a different approach. It's a little unnerving at first. Um, Nyx, for example, she just, 
Something oh, about mother. her voice. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. After you. No, go ahead. No, I want to know what. No, no, you save Nick. Save, oh, I just want to say that's the other part of this game Yeah, is that the story involves you being a son to a shitty dad yeah. and not your real mom and you're finding your real mom and you have a brother and sometimes sometimes the way Hades talks to you feels like I'm just like geez dad like try like you leaving such big shoes to fill like I actually feel familial feelings of like man what an asshole <laughs> like I was you know like I just it's just weird. It also like strikes me on this emotional level every time he's disappointed with me or going like you're wasting your time, you idiot child. What will you learn? Yeah. And you're just like, man, you sound like my dad. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's Whoa. it's kind of rough. But I'm like, let's keep playing. You know? Well, it's uh, you cannot say enough about the art direction. Is the other thing I know we've 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 alluded to it a lot here, but um, and their games all look good. Like, there's nothing those guys don't make that doesn't look great, but. There's something in particular about this one. And also it's been consistent since day one of the, of early access. It's looked that good since then and only been refined uh, in small ways that really add a lot, but they, but they didn't launch busted and ugly. This thing launched like a functional ass video game and it felt finished then. And that's a great trend and I'll support these guys every time they make a game. I really, really like what they did. Okay. I think our stream is going nuts by the way. Oh, did we lose a bunch of? We're back now, I think. Okay. Oh, the VP, yeah, the VP d- debates tonight in Salt Lake City, so it's entirely possible. I'm oh fighting. yeah, it's like a slideshow for me. So. Is it uh, an expensive item? I love that. I love it. that you're repeating I'm it. Just, yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying it before the character says it, and it's not because I'm guessing what he says. It's just my reaction, and the developers are that smart that they know that's what I'm thinking, and, and say a line like that, and I'm like, ah. Get yeah. out of my head. <laughs> they know what's up. They know what's up. Uh, sorry, listeners, if there was a chunk of space there where you didn't hear anything, it's because we had a weird connection issue, but it's all good now. Uh, and it actually brings me to two quick other things. I forgot to mention, just keep, just put your eyeballs on a game if you like solitaire games and you like games that just make you think and that's single player and chill and you don't have to think too much about it and that's under 10 bucks. It's a game called The Solitaire Conspiracy. And I just cracked that thing open. It's very cool. It's like mm. cyberpunk solitaire and the oh art is amazing. <laughs> it's like the art is amazing. The abilities are incredible. It's a really interesting take on the game. The, the core mechanics of solitaire, the cards all look like they're made out of freaking Tron material. What's it called um, again? It's called the solitaire conspiracy. The and it's solitaire on, conspiracy. It's on steam and, uh, and uh, you know that. Epic. That background where it's the castle and the bats, it's like that, but the bats are made of metal. Yeah, see? Light in the castle is neon. It's really cool. It has a story, uh, which you can skip if you're not into it. It's basically, uh, it's what's his name? Miller. Um, he used to work at Polygon. What's his name? Greg Master Miller? Miller. Greg Miller, I think. Oh, Greg Miller. He, does, he, he plays like this scientist guy that talks to him between missions and stuff, but you can skip him if you don't want to. But anyway, there. That game is just a really cool brain teasy, puzzly, solitaire experience with cards that have abilities and just a really cool aesthetic. It, it really is like cyberpunk, like hacker looking stuff. It looks so neat. Um, I've only played about an hour and I'm kind of terrible at it, but it's neat. Yeah, this um, is like high production value for a solitaire. Yeah, game. Like, it's, it's just so a, it's a really small team. It's the same people. Do you guys remember Thomas was alone? Do you remember that game came out a yeah. few years yeah. ago? It's like a yeah. really big indie hit. Anyway, that's those guys. And uh, 
super nice on Twitter. They'll, they'll, they'll reply to you if you have questions for their game and stuff. It's really neat. Just came out 10 bucks, less than 10 bucks. It's just stupid cheap for that thing. Plays on a Mac, on a PC. It's on, like I said, multiple stores. It's very good. Okay. John, at the very least, so you played enough to get through the tutorial of Squadrons, but do you think you're going to come out the other side of that going, man, the hot new uh, dog fighting Star Wars game is here, everybody. Get on board. Maybe. Um, I think Star Wars Squadrons uh, could be pretty good. Um, I'm speaking only from somebody who's gone through the tutorial section for the Imperial side and for the, the Republic side and seen both of those. So I haven't dove too deep into the story mode yet. But um, here's the thing. If you are looking for the next X-Wing TIE Fighter experience... It's not quite that, Mm. but it's not quite Rogue Squadron. It exists somewhere in the middle, and that might be a good thing. It's not going to be a good thing for everybody. There's going to be some people that just go, nope, I need it to be like a simulator, and I need it to be all the things, and I definitely understand that. Like There was a part of me that even though this is such a trivial thing, when I'm flying in an X-Wing, that I can't uh, change the wings and lock them into attack position. Like, I kind of feel like there should be a button for that. That's a silly, stupid thing, but it's the kind of thing that you get excited about um, in those old games. Or the ability to, you know, press a button to go into hyperspace rather than flying through a point where it's like, okay, well, now it's an objective. Fly here. Okay, now you'll go into hyperspace. So there's little things that happened, at at least in the tutorial, where I was like, man, I wish this was a little more simmy and a little less arcadey. But it is one of those where... You know, you're controlling your throttle, you're adjusting your power settings. Um, The thing that I'm not 100% sure on yet, and probably the thing that made me stop a little bit Mm. uh, and and say, you know what, I want to come back to this, is I don't know how much I love how it controls on uh, a controller. It is a bit of an achievement that it does control well on the controller, but I don't know if it's how I want it to work. And so there's a part of me that's sitting there going, should I go through all the trouble of remapping everything and, and doing things differently? I've spent a lot of time in No Man's Sky recently, so I'm very used to how the ships in No Man's Sky feels. And so there is a part of me that's going, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I should remap this and rework this, and sure. maybe I would enjoy it more. Or I could just get used to it. And right. it's not that I think the controls are bad, I just know that I'm going to have to get used to it. Yeah. It's it's not where I want it to be just yet. Right. Um, the game looks really good. It plays really well. It sounds great. Like it checks all the boxes. But I think your interest in this is going to vary on whether or not you want it to be a sim. Like if you are a diehard X-wing Tie Fighter person, it probably isn't going to live up to that. But you also haven't had one of those games in like a hundred years, so. I don't know, maybe just go and enjoy the new thing since you haven't had a new one in forever. And, um, you know, I, I think it could be very, very cool. I will say that the one thing that makes me the most excited about this game is it's very easy in space sims to get into this loop of, well, now I fly in a very tight circle and we just circle each other shooting at each other mm-hmm. until one of us blows up and it's just everybody just going in a big circle and that's what the game just turns into um 
I haven't had that yet in this. And I know that they acknowledged it when they were announcing the game that sometimes space combat games fall into this and they were taking steps to try to avoid that. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I think that might help this. It seems like something that they've been conscious of um, because I felt like I was doing a lot cooler stuff than just flying in a circle, trying to shoot people down. Um, gotcha. It also is a little bit faster paced because I remember from old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games, sometimes it took a long time to blow mm. stuff up. <laughs> You'd be mm. sitting there just going, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but also you you run out of the ability to fire lasers maybe a little quicker than I would like. That's yeah. another one. Like when I set all my power to my lasers, it felt right. So when I'm setting it at a balanced or having to put power in other systems, it's like, hmm, I'm really having to be bursty with my shots here. And I, yeah. I think that's probably an intentional decision for the multiplayer aspect. But in single player, it's a little it's a little weird. Is it the does do they distribute those power settings typically like you see in a lot of these kind of games where it's you either prioritize weapons or you prioritize speed or you pr- or prioritize shield? Are those your yeah? Three? It's okay. uh, it's shield engines, lasers, and then you can do a balanced. And it's just on the it's just on the direction pad. Okay. So left is uh, you know one thing. Up the other and so you can just do it on really, the fly just whenever you feel like yeah. you just switch over yeah it's okay. really good all right so i i think they did it um you know i'm i'm already seeing a lot of people talking in in chat about uh hotas support and stuff like that like i said this game isn't trying to be a, a sim you know and i think if you go there looking for that i think the experience isn't going to be great and i would understand why you would want that like if you invested in a big otos type controller you probably do want it to simulate an x-wing and would want it to work in this game but it seems like their design goal going into this was we want something that will work for uh just a an xbox controller or a playstation controller i have a neighbor friend who's so into the otos thing the simulation thing with flight simulators and all that he lit- and i'm not kidding he named his kid his middle name is Hotas for his for his youngest. Oh my son. god! Wow! Uh, I'm impressed. Oh my goodness! It would have been worse had he named him first name Hotas. Hotas, come here and do your homework or whatever. But, <laughs> kind of a cool name, honestly. Hotas. Yeah. It is cool. I mean, it's bold. It. Yeah. It's bold. The kid's gonna have to live up to that one. Yeah, it's gonna be a little tricky. Um. All right. Well, I'm I'm genuinely curious in it, and also I saw the developers say they're working on the Hotas problems. So they seem to be interested in tweaking and making things better. Also, a couple of issues with VR, I guess, but those are being looked at. Um, but overall, good reviews. People seem to like it. It's a little I bet this game's super cool in VR. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. It looks really mm-hmm. nice. I can tell you that. Just seeing video looks real good. So so we shall see if that game takes off. Good job, EA, for having a thing. This is really their first major release since uh, opening the gates again to where they put their games, right? Like this is, yeah. Oh, so. you mean that that pops up on like Steam and stuff? Yeah, that, that's now back on. Everything's back on Steam. Ever since the they Jedi came One counts too. Je- uh, well, that, yeah, that the like Jedi One year. was over there pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I guess it wasn't there for launch though, was it? No, no, no. Yeah, but I think this is their first launch, original launch thing that isn't a carryover since the move. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I think so. I, I hope it does well. Maybe I'll just wait for it to be on Game Pass. When the when that merge happens, when you get 
EA Pass or EA Play with Game Pass, which I don't know. Is when that is EA on Game Pass? Oh right yeah, now, it's, it's, it's not yet. Uh, I don't know when no, that happens. No, I think it's like November or something that yeah. that's supposed to be. It's coming. Though. Okay. Oh yeah, that was announced right as a major deal as part yeah. of the Microsoft thing. Yeah. Cool. cool. Is that crazy? It's crazy. It's great. Yeah. It's great, man. That's, streaming games. Ten years, you won't recognize it. None of us will be on toasters streaming games. Yep. It'll be great. Be there with us, won't you? Now this. That's a good question. Got some emails that came to us at talktothecore at gmail.com. That's talktothecore at gmail.com. For example, uh, this guy named NPC wrote in and says, your approach to RPG slash open world games, blind run through or a guide? It uh, goes on to say, I uh, thought I'd post another question to you all. How do you approach RPGs in open world games? Do you adopt a blind playthrough, meaning no online guides, or do you min-max? My, uh, one of my best experiences was playing Fallout 3 without any sort of guide. It made me feel completely immersed in that world and my character and elevated the entire experience. Thanks again for the great content. Always an immediate listen when a new episode hits the feed. Well, thank you very much, NPC. My answer is I play like you do. I don't want to do a guide. That's not as fun for me at all. MMOs, slightly different. For whatever reason, I'm accustomed to doing guides there, right? Uh but stuff like the Fallout games, um, I like a nice respec system if possible so that I don't feel like I'm throwing everything away if I screw up. Uh, however, for the most part, uh, like I'm playing uh, uh, Wasteland still. I love that game. It's very good so far, Wasteland 3. And I'm not taking any advice. I am just putting points where I like them and trying new things and trying to you know trying to build the world i want to build and i that's how i prefer it john how do you uh, approach this sort of stuff there's become a new trend uh that i really like and you know i much i might not care for many of their articles but i think kotaku was one of the ones that really launched this um and that is instead of writing a guide or a walkthrough or anything they just publish tips like hey we played the game we're going to give you some general pointers that aren't really spoilers, but here's some things to think about. I don't mind stuff like that. Like I don't mind somebody coming in and going, Hey, they have this system where, you know, just so you know, if you put points into it, you're locked into it. This happened with uh, Marvel's Avengers where mm. they said, I, I read something prior to playing that game where they said the talent system, the goal is to put maximum points in it. You will eventually have everything, but there's no way as a result to respect. So make sure you're happy with your decisions as you're making them. Mm-hmm. And that sort of tip I really, really like. I don't want to know that in order to unlock this thing, I have to talk to this guy, which is going to be a cool quest that does this. I'd rather experience that organically. But if you want to tell me like, hey, if you invest in handguns, it's really it's going to make for a better starting experience in the game. I don't mind knowing that. I think that sort of thing is cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. How about you? I have Bo? some pretty, I have some pretty not strict, but pretty firm guidelines about this kind of thing, actually. So mm. this might help the listener. Okay. Basically, I mean, all games, my default first experience is always guideless. Um, tips like John described, I think, are fine. Like, you know, knowing that you can poison your weapons and divinity is not, you know, if you combine a uh, poison barrel with your weapons and you just get an automatic buff on the weapons, um, that's great. I, I didn't think of that. And so reading a tip like that is like, yeah, that's fine. Like, my character would probably know to, like, put his weapon in the poison. That's cool. But... um Really, it depends. Like the first playthrough, 
of a game, I'm not going to use guides until it becomes clear that the game doesn't reward exploration. Essentially, if you find that like exploring is a fun thing and the fact that there are mysteries in this game world add an air uh, to the game that it makes it great, then I won't use guides because that's enjoyable. Sure. But like Scott was saying, World of Warcraft, and like they have beautiful vistas. They're not really focused on like discovery and uncovering things as part of the reward for playing, really. It's other things. So a guide makes sense. Like a game like Kingdoms of Amalur, which I 100%ed achievements. I did refer to a guide for things because it became clear this was a quest givers and do things game. And like to unlock all the things you had to know where it was, but it wasn't really like, Oh, look at this weird thing. But in Hades, I do not want to look up anything because part of the fun of that game is like, Oh, this exists. This, Oh, that's what this system is. Wow. It's pleasurable to figure those things out. Mm -hmm. So if I'm approaching a new RPG, I wait and get a feel for it and then decide if, I want to still play this and it rewards my sense of wonder, then I will not refer to a guide. If I want to play it, but it rewards my sense of progression and wonderment is not really a factor, I'll have no problem looking for a guide because RPGs are long experiences and I maybe don't want to invest 100 hours if I can only invest 30 and still enjoy my time. Sure. Uh, lastly, if it's an RPG that I'm playing more than once, like Divinity, the first playthrough, no hints, but gloves are off after that like i am familiar with the game and the systems i'm playing through for a second or third time now and um you know i will look up things and, and communicate things where possible one of our players it is their first time so i'm doing it less because i want them to have the wonder and i'll close my remarks with the following not knowing how everything works is fun we had a divinity fight uh, john you might remember queen justinia uh, the fight uh, in that fourth act with some undead. Uh, and they're really tough. It's fourth act fight. Mm, Anyways, uh, we were an hour and a half into the battle of, you know, playtime. <laughs> and then, yeah. so I've been carrying around this box of death fog with me. And I went, I figured it out, everyone. I know how we're going to, we're getting our asses. We're getting slaughtered. And I'm like, I figured out how we're going to do it. We're going to rail them with death fog. Like, I didn't know. I didn't say what it was going to be. I'm like, trust me, guys. I got this. And then on my turn, I went up. Uh-huh. And I fired off the death fog. It didn't land where I wanted to. It exploded everywhere, wiping the entire party, but one person with like 10 health. And I forgot that the enemies <laughs> were undead. So it yeah. didn't even kill the enemy. And we ended that hour and a half with like, what did you do? It just ruined the entire night. Anyways, we had to do it again. It took us two hours. But all that to say is like that sense of exploration, like, nope, that's not a good idea. Is yeah. like if I look that stuff up and I know the answers, I'll never have that fun experience, fun experience of being like, I'll save us guys. And then killing the entire party with a stupid move. Well, uh, I, I tuned oh, into your divinity stream and you were in the fight. I don't know. I don't know if it's that fight. I don't think it is, but yeah. it was the fight where I accidentally ended the game for us. I didn't know what I was doing and we had to do the fight twice. We had to call it a night. I felt so bad. You're playing with three other people, and it's a fight where you start in a pit and they try to poison you. So, you not only have to get out of this pit before you're poisoned, but you have this really tough boss battle and all of that. And in the back of the room is a lever. And we the doomsday lever, yeah, the doomsday lever. And I thought something would pop up if I clicked it, like, hey, 
you oh, think you sure about you, this? You, yeah. you you're you think about pulling the lever. This seems like it'd be a really bad idea. Are you sure you want to do it? No, if you click it, you just pull that lever. So we go through this massively long fight, strategy and fighting and all of that, and then the stupid rogue goes over to the lever and just goes flip and I poisoned the entire world I killed everything wow and uh it yeah, was it's a pretty big fight in that final act so you know it's yeah it has big consequences <laughs> the entire world. it was bad it was the end of all things and we had to reload and do that fight all over again because of i just fight. was like i want to see i want to see what happens if so, I so so but knowing all the strategies looking up a guide figuring oh if i just go in this corner and like tag them and beat the boss you know what i mean like that's not it, certain games. That's what you want to do. Like I, you know, but certain games, it's it's not fun. So I always do an assessment about how I'm enjoying the exploration of a game, and then make that decision to commit to not reading things, or to decide that that's how I'm going to approach it. But generally, it's for time saving. I don't plan on playing this game very long. Sure, I get that. Sorry, was that more of an answer than we need? No, that's great. No, that's, that's a great good. answer. I think that's a great answer, and I hope uh, these perspectives have helped you. We also got another one that I just wanted to read. Because I thought it was rad. Um, I'm not going to use his name just because. But he says, thanks for so, uh, for so many years. Says, Dear Scott, I was listening to the backlog of core episodes, episode 231. Let's see, that was about eight episodes ago. Where you discussed how you approach the topic of sex with your kids in a sensible, non-demonizing way. I'm slowly reaching an age where I'll start to think about having kids of my own. Your advice is sound. And in some ways, I see you as an inspiration for the kind of dad that I want to be. It made me realize how much you have and continue to be an influence in my life. I was 13 years old when I got my first iPod Nano for Christmas in 2009. Having started playing WoW that summer, I searched iTunes on the family computer and discovered the instance. Episode 171 was my first. Uh, The flavor of the day is dill. Since then, you have been a constant uh, companion in my life. As a teen, I did not get along well with my parents. Things are thankfully better now. Your podcast really helped me out then. I know I'm not the first to say this, but but you had a positive impact on my life, far greater than you imagined, certainly greater than most of my relatives. I promise this isn't being read just because I'm trying to pat myself on the back, you guys. I did it it because he's listening to core. But anyway... Over the years, I've, uh, I've never really stopped listening. I quit wow, wow, wow many times, but stuck along for your shows. I remember when Randy left the instance. I remember the first TMS episode. I remember the Diablo show starting and standing in line at the midnight D3 release. I remember how Core started and the pivot post heroes and, and the pivot post heroes. I followed your life, your kids growing up, and I uh, grew up on my own as my own life continued. I'm 23 now. I live in Berlin, Germany. Uh, since 2009, finished high school. Wow. Had my first love, first kiss, first heartbreak. Uh, got my first computer that I owned, studied law, worked in graphic design, buried our dog, had a car crash, broke my hip, got better. Got a girlfriend, going strong for seven years now. This year, I found my own tech startup, founded my own tech startup. You've been along for the ride, even if you didn't know it. Honestly, I just wanted to say thank you. You really made a difference for some kid in his bedroom halfway across the world. Thanks for the countless hours of entertainment. Thanks for taking the risk all those years ago on podcasting full time. And thanks for getting up every day to do or to sit behind your mic. Uh, I like that he spelled Mike M-I-K-E because I now imagine a guy named Mike sitting right here, right in front of me. Just love that (laughs) idea. Anyway, you changed my life. Maybe not in big flashy ways, but small, meaningful ones. Thank you. I hope uh, you stay safe and above all, take care. Love from Berlin. Uh, I just thought that was really nice and I'm really glad he's listening to Core because I think Core is in many ways one of the best representations of where things are at right now for me and for Frog Pants and everything else. There's something about this show that is ticking a lot of boxes for me mentally, 
um, professionally. I, I don't know why it is. It's obviously it has a, a ton to do with the uh, the three of us and our friendships and how we work together and and our our sort of brand of interaction. I think is unique and interesting. So all those things you know bode well for the show. But um, I'll tell you what's really nice is to hear from somebody who's been hanging on listening for this long, who still is finding entertainment in it and enjoys and it. I can so, across the thanks. world. Like yeah. that's yeah. amazing. You know, because I would say like. I didn't write this letter, but I feel like I could write this letter. Like there have been times when it's been nothing but Scott long before I did core with Scott. I listened to all the episodes you listed. I was there for all those and you know, same deal. Like he's been a positive influence on my life. That's why I'm, I thankful every day that I get to even hang out with John and Scott. Um, so yeah, you deserve it, uh, Scott, well, for sure. A, and but it's like it's mind blowing that it's also a kid in you know Berlin was like I know I like you know it'd be like I like Hideo from Japan. I listened to all of his stuff, or maybe not Hideo, that's <laughs> but you know, right? Uh, I don't know many like uh, Tetsuo in uh, in Japan. Like sure. I listened to all of his stuff. It's such a huge influence on my life. But we're all just these dudes hanging out on. Like this hanging out in Zoom calls and recording it is like it's, I realize everyone's it's new for everyone now. But it's like I've been doing this for like seven years now. Like you know, it's welcome to my world, everyone. Like yeah, so, doing it ever um, since it's my just amazing how me. we can reach people. But the fact that he was only—it's it, also making me feel slightly old. But being only thirteen years old and now being twenty-three and having his whole life ahead of him in this way—I don't know—it feels feels intense. I mean, I remember driving to work. I had, uh, I worked, uh, even though I was in Arizona, I worked an East coast shift and I remember being on the freeway at like four in the morning. It was still dark out and I would be listening to my extra life on the way, uh, going in, (laughs) listening to you guys talk about, you know, whatever was going on at the time. And, uh, that, that got me through some rough days working in a call center. So, you know, good. that makes me happy to hear that too. We've all we've all been there, you know. Yeah. It's it's the little things we. It's so funny because we always think about these things that are are big things and that we really appreciate. And it's easy for us when we're doing this and we're recording it to think, ah, oh, we're just having fun, we're just mm-hmm. BSing with friends. That's right. basically what this feels like sometimes because that's kind of what it is. But we don't think about how much we need that ourselves and how much we've gained from that very thing and so it's easy to sometimes miss this that this is making an impact for other people and and that's amazing to hear yeah and one tiny side note um over the years of doing this for as long as i've been doing it and 2009 was the year i jumped out full time prior to that 2004 when things really started taking off and even all the way back to the late like 98 99 when mp3s were real i was starting to fiddle and faddle with this stuff so I've been at it for a really, really long time. I can tell you pretty, um, pretty openly here that I that I don't like night shows. I never have. I'm always worn out at the end of the day, so I don't like it. Back when I was working full time, it's the only choice I had. These days, I do a lot of stuff during the day, so I've gotten used to it. And I usually just don't like recording at night. That is 100% not true of this show, and I don't even know why. There's just like a some kind of energy boost I get out of it. Like I'm going to be hyped all night after this. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, even this ravioli over here is getting cold, and that's okay if it's getting cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have a little bit of I can articulate a bit of that too. We bonded. We've played games together for years. We've bonded over our love of games, yeah. and I think 
it's just it's just like the family sitting down to have dinner every week, getting some FaceTime. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Yeah. Even if we don't game together the whole week, we sit down, we talk, we get to know each other, we laugh, we tell each other our shit stories and mm-hmm. everything else. And that's how bonds are formed, even if it's in front of a piece of plastic here, you know, on my, you know, it's, it's real, it's very real. Our interactions are very real and our bonds over playing video games online are very real. And, um, and that, that stuff doesn't, you can't like buy that or just go out and get that, you know, like friendships are very valuable. And I, for me, when I hang, find people I really like who are also good people, I was friends with a lot of not good people and valued that kind of stuff earlier in my life. And I made that change in my twenties. And, um, these, these are both really good people. And, uh, even that alone, even if we didn't do shows together, I'd still want to know them because you guys are great. That's nice of you. I basically, I just wish this on everybody out there listening. This kind of thing is, is hard to find. So we wish, uh, we, we hope it on you. We will it on you and your life as well. Find somebody you want to hang out with. Now, finally, the most important question of the day. All right. I save this for last because this one really matters. Uh, that last one was really great. Trust me. But this one, this is where the rubber meets the road. Guy's name is core fan Bob. All right. <laughs> he has the core following question: Fan Bob or Core, core Fan, core fan Bob. Bob? Well, I don't know. Spaces so. Core Fan Bob or Core Fan Bob? I don't know. Corfin Bob. Corfin Bob. He says, "Which would you rather do? Be trapped in a car trunk with each other, totally naked for two hours? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Or eat a large dog poo completely? I assume he means each of us has to eat our own dog poo." You know, like, yeah, who, is it only one? Do we have to fight? <laughs> Are we cutting it into thirds? Like, you know, we just set it down in front of us and just, yeah, I guess so. We each have a third of a dog poo. Yeah. That's but it's, right. how big is the dog poo? Is it specified? Let's say it's, uh, let's, let's not go too ha- crazy and say it's like, I had a toy name. poodle at one time. The dog poo is pretty small. Let's, I could probably get that down like, a gulp. Um, I don't know. Like, let's say the size of this fake piece of meat here. Oh, that's not that big. Yeah. But the, the but thicker, like a rounded length, this Look. length, but rounded, that's the poo you got to eat. So okay. now decide. Thank you. you. Thank you for the visual. That would helps. you, <laughs> would you rather be in that trunk naked? All three of us for two hours, just having to take it. Right. Just having, I mean, to how there. big is the trunk? Just like, I, I hope, well, he doesn't say, but I assume like, like, are we able to coordinate our own little thirds of the trunk? Can we have our own space? Or I, yeah, I guess what I'm asking is like, if somebody, you know, maybe starts thinking about something unfortunate, am I going to know about it before, before uh, any verbal cues? Like, am I just going to feel a thing? If it's that close, I'm going with the here's dog. The scenario. I just don't want to put that between our friendship. Here's our, here's the know? scenario, Bo. You would just feel, you'll feel a gentle tap and you'll say what? And, yeah. I'll, and I'll go nothing, and then you'll know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if that's the kind of room we're talking about, then I think I got to go with the dog poo as much as I love these guys. But oh. if if John's right and we have little corners, and I'm just like, "There's your dong, there's mine." Well, we know each other a little better. I mean, it's going to be dark in the trunk anyway. That's true. Like honestly, yeah, the well, nudity, that's the also the nudity only really matters if it's flesh on flesh in that trunk. Yeah, if you got you're your right. own space, yeah. then the nudity just is helping keeping it cool. Yeah. Is it dark in the trunk? Like I assume it is, but maybe there's a little light back well, there. If I've never you shut the trunk, the trunk. It'll, it turns off. So you wouldn't have any light in there unless yeah. there's a flashlight or something. And if there was a flashlight, okay. then one of us uh, would have to turn it on. What a on weird purpose. question. Two hours like, is a long time. What's the getting in and out policy? Do we have to disrobe and then get in or can we 
get in disrobe and hand the clothes out no to no, no you gotta get out you're naked i'm gonna i'll make this decision i'll make this executive decision they're gonna this core fan bob is gonna make us get naked on the outside of the car and then get in to the trunk shut the trunk two hours later open the trunk we get out mission accomplished who which state are we going to or <laughs> province are we going to for this because if you're here you're i don't know if you survive that two hours in the trunk yeah, it'd have to be, uh, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, you don't want to come up here. It's cold. Yeah. It's we're, right <laughs> now, we're, we're having we'll need nice, the heat on, please. Yeah. <laughs> then it will want it to be skin on skin just to make it through the two hours. We're having yeah. very and, pleasant, like mid seventies weather here right now. So we'll say here, okay, something like that. Okay. So you're not too sweaty, yeah, not too yeah. cold. Uh, no. maybe cold's better. Because then we'll all basically have physical vagina. Maybe cold is better because also I, well, no one will tap each other on the shoulder. Because, you know, if anything, it'll be real small. That's what I mean. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get the invert you know, going. It's cold. We, yeah. I, I don't know how much of winter you've experienced, John, but let me tell you, and it's 40 below and you're walking, uh, you know, that that can get pretty like it wants to crawl inside you where it's warm you know? no, I, I, I grew i grew up in the in in snowy colder climates oh, okay. so yeah i know but i know it's a bit of a while do you remember it feels different when you're older too because it, yeah. it's just like dear god don't fall off yeah please <laughs> so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say quarter fan bob make this the last email you ever send to us <laughs> Because I'm not sure. I mean, I still don't think we landed on a decision. I think it depends on the size of the trunk. I'm going to say... I'm going to say probably the dog poo if it's skin on skin. I don't handle cramp spaces in the best scenario. The best so. scenario, the fully clothed by yourself I mean, scenario. If, yeah. I guess if you tap me with something, it's fine. We're human. Just, you know, <laughs> as long as it stops there. If it turns into anything worse, it's good. <laughs> All right, I tap me. With here's something. how it'll work. I got it. John in the middle, on his back, looking up. Bo, okay. fetal position, aiming on the other. He's on this side, aiming at the wall. Fetal position for me, aiming at the wall. Worst. Why am I between two buns? If you guys get gas, I'm in the danger zone. I got cannons aimed from both directions. I can't turn anywhere. I don't like them. For some reason, I just see you sitting motionless, staring at that thing, repeating some kind of mantra in your head to like help you deal with this situation. Okay. I don't know, I don't know why. All right. Well, yeah, John wouldn't sleep with me in the. Um, well, that sounds wrong. I mean, John wouldn't share a bed with me at, at the last Nerdtacular. Oh, even though I offered. Oh, it's true. Offered? I slept. I slept elsewhere. Where'd you sleep, John? Ryan slept. I mean, shared a bed with me at BlizzCon. But yeah, John Ryan. Wouldn't. If you put a Bible That's between okay. you, just stuck a Bible right yeah. between you. Just. It's true. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't sleep in the bed. Um, it's because <laughs> I am very picky about my bed situation. I get you. I've dude. Beds are. It's. I'm with you. I'm John. I I'm not you. judging. Sorry I if you. I outed you. And no, no, it's fine. Bed habits. But Look, yeah. my fiance will literally tell you I am a prima donna when it comes to the bed. I will okay. in the morning. I'll be like, you were a little over on my side last night. Just oh, oh really? <laughs> That's great to know this. <laughs> it's like a game of risk over there. I yeah. love that we know this now. <laughs> like thing. the chat, he is very picky. Yeah. <laughs> 
Must be. All right. It's well, knowing that, uh, that's good information. Here's the better information. You guys want to share with us a question that's the worst thing ever, or do you want to send us a nice email like the other guy or this other NPC guy that sent the uh, cool gad question? It doesn't matter what you want to say. You can send it to talktothecore at gmail.com. That's talktothecore at gmail.com. And that's going to do it. If you like this show, uh, even after we so lavishly put praise on ourselves, even then, if you still like the show and you should, uh, maybe you'll support us at Patreon. Patreon.com slash core show. You get bonus content every episode, by the way. We record a bunch of stuff before the show uh, starts recording. And all that stuff goes to Patreon because that's how much we love you. And there's other cool rewards as well. So check it out. Patreon.com slash core show. We had a great month last month. Thank you all for your contributions. And uh, may more of you do it in the month of October as we hurdle ourselves toward the wintertime. That's depressing. All right. Uh, what else? <laughs> Frogpants.com slash core is our website. You'll find everything there. Our Twitter accounts, ways to contact us, everything else. So go check that out. We record on Wednesday nights at uh, 4 p.m. No, sorry. 7 p.m. Mountain. No, when do we do this? <laughs> 4 p.m. Mountain Time. 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Right here at frogpants.tv or twitch.tv slash frogpants. Either way, it gets you there. All right. Before we go, as is tradition, I ask... Uh, both these guys if they have any final words of wisdom before we cut out of here john let's start with you anything you want to say uh if the trunk doesn't fit eat a poop (laughs) that didn't rhyme but it's also the right answer uh well done uh bo i could have made it rhyme you could have but i didn't oh because you could have said you could eat the shit you could have done yeah all right i got it uh bo what would you add if anything uh, play Hades. Ooh, all right. This is good advice. I may play some of that tonight after dinner. Thank you all for being here and watching. Thank you for listening at home. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>